Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Mine. <laughs> Pro move. Oh, wow. How anticlimactic was that? That's like, uh, that's like Chelsea in the transfer window. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Clipping that. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to the London is Blue podcast, a podcast made for the fans, by the fans, celebrating the only team that matters. Come on, you blues. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, presented by World Soccer Shop. Head on over to worldsoccershop.com for the freshest Nike Chelsea gear around. Back from our summer break, just like the players are Dan and Nick. Welcome back, guys. Are you ready to keep this going all summer, Nick? Maybe two-a-days? Yeah, I mean, uh, anyone anyone who knows me knows that we've been packing on the uh, packing on the pounds here, so I need to, I need to get in the, the training regiment of one Antonio Conte. Uh, you should see uh, Eden Hazard looks like he's kept pretty fit, uh, notwithstanding an injury. So we just, we just need to follow his regimen because he's looking quite trim, uh, very different from uh, some previous returns after the hol- you know, the summer season. I, th- I think he's terrified that if he comes back fat, <laughs> like the amount of work he would have to do. I think they're all terrified. It is uh, definitely something that I feel like the players learned about last year and uh, know that they're going to be doing a lot of body fat tests on day one, making sure everyone's uh, ready to go. But, you know, in this podcast, uh, obviously we're in the summer window transfer period. So we're going to be going over the Nike partnership, which is now official. We'll be going over the summer transfers, obviously, and then we'll wrap up with everyone's favorite transfer rumors uh we're gonna peddle so many that we'll probably be linked with about 30 more players dan one for each academy and youth player we've sold already oh that is sad all right that was harsh you are stroking the fire yeah that 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 one cuts deep well you know it cut us all so real quick we're gonna have a message from world soccer shop and we're gonna come right back with the nike conversation here we go Hey Dan, uh, I, you know, are, is Nike our, our new sponsor, or what, what's happened with that over the summer? Yeah, I've been, I've been snoozing. 
RIP Three Stripes and uh, welcome or uh, hello to the swoosh. Yeah, we are going to just do it because Nike is now the official kit sponsor, merchandise sponsor, and pretty much the sponsor of note for Chelsea Football Club as, yeah, there's a quite a bit of money coming in from uh, to Chelsea from Nike. And uh, I think this stuff looks pretty sharp, huh, Nick? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think after a lot of uh, concept kits that we saw at the end of last year, some good, some bad. Uh, you know, the the home and away kit that were just released, along with all the other merchandise, uh, is really clean. It looks very nice, deep color blue, wonderful. Uh, go on over to worldsoccershop.com. I know that some of you have had a lot of trouble with uh, Chelsea's new megastore being on Nike and seeing a bunch of Spurs stuff and blah blah blah. You won't get that at World Soccer Shop. Go to worldsoccershop.com, get all your Nike gear, thank us later, boom. All right, well, let's go ahead and dig on into this Nike partnership. I mean, is it Nike or is it Nike, Nick? I mean, I feel like as someone who essentially has the same name, you'd be our expert on this. Well, I don't I don't disagree with Joe Tweeds a lot, um, but Joe Tweeds is a, a Nike connoisseur, and I, I'm a Nike guy, and being the American... Uh, I'm right on this. Uh, and so it is Nike. Uh, I know that it's not, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe our dialects are just a little different in the way we pronounce words, but uh, it's Nike, uh, the swoosh, uh, the big check mark. Um, yeah, all Americana. So, so are, you, are you okay giving them rights to Adidas then instead of our version of Adidas? You know, since Adidas is German, Nike's American. Yes, I would. I would. You know, I, I grew up on Adidas, right? And, and that's the wrong way to say it. It's definitely Adi. So, uh, I will concede that if if our friends across the pond concede Nike, how about that? It's a big growing moment for you, Nick. I know. Like showing is caring. That's what we're doing here. So then, Dan, who gets Puma? <laughs> Uh, Arsenal. Ooh. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about you, Dan? Are you a Nike or Nike? Um, I'm, I'm Nike. And I, what I'll say is I, I used to work for a guy who worked for Nike at one point and he always called it Nike. So I feel like that's the closest I could get to having some type of official comment on the matter. But I mean, I, I, Brandon, it's, it's a pretty big deal. You know, I, I think you're going to have to be the deciding. Yeah, I'm Nike all the way, of course. Um, I'm a huge Nike fan in general. Uh, all my workout clothes, my soccer stuff, it's all Nike. I'm going to have to jump on that bandwagon. But guys, as we all know, Chelsea signed a huge 900 million pound deal with Nike, who will then pay the club 60 million per year for 15 years. Dan, this is a huge win, especially when it comes to just shirt sponsorships like globally. This is top five. Yeah, you know, we you know definitely are closing in on... You know, Real Madrid, Barcelona, United, uh, you know, definitely with our kit sponsorship has been uh, pretty nice work by the board. You know, those are deals that have to be negotiated behind the scenes. And as, as much as the board is a, a target for many things, and we'll get into that as we talk about uh, player sales and player transactions, they have done a really nice job with the commercial element and trying to find ways to generate revenue for the club. And I think the merchandise actually looks fantastic. I think the the blue for the home kit is fantastic. And, you know, even the away kit with the, the silver, which if you've read the copy, speaks to the fact that the club has won so much silverware over the years. They wanted to make sure that there was a silver accent for the away kit. It, it, you know, there's some nice little touches. I mean, they're, they're not flashy. They're definitely not, you know, the, the what they would call a hashtag sick kit. Um, for like a sick kit Friday or something, but they are they're class kits. They are, and I think the the thing that you look at is, you know, last year, it, you know, the, the pajama kit was a little over the top, a little weird. Um, I, I think you you look at some of the older fans uh, who have been around a while. They are jonesing over the shorts with the thick white stripe. Uh, they're really excited about the color blue. They're excited about the simplicity. Kind of harkens back to the seventies. Um, and and look, I think that Nike's Nike's known over here for being flamboyant and flashy in the states and and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, 
you know, I, I'm glad they took a measured approach, Brandon, with with these kits, because, you know, the, the last thing you want to do is come out with some abomination and then turn the <laughs> turn the fans on you immediately. So uh, I think it was a very smart move to go simple, to go clean. I have no doubt in the coming years, they'll probably get a little bit more aggressive. But for this great work. Yeah, smart business uh, all around from Nike on it. You know, I mean, it's a big deal, right? If you're going to spend $60 million to uh, market a huge team like Chelsea, you got to get it right. Uh, obviously, Chelsea themselves bought Adidas out early for £40 million. Um, as The Telegraph reported it, uh, Chelsea's deal, uh, this is the biggest external commercial agreement in their history. And it was brokered by the club's influential director, Marina Granovskaya, and obviously now formally employed by Chelsea Christian Perslow. I mean, obviously, you know, Dan Perslow was brought in to specifically increase Chelsea's sponsorship and commercial portfolio. He's done that and apparently done it so well, he has sold himself out of a job. But again, um, you know, Marina and Perslow making big moves off the field to secure Chelsea's financial future in the long run, right? Like this is what is the bigger picture here rather than, Sick Kit Friday. Well, and, you know, Perslow, uh, Liverpool fan, uh, worked for Liverpool previously and, you know, came to us as, you know, kind of a commercial director and yeah, made a really smooth transition. And you know, we've had, you know, to, to, you know, another career outside of working in, in sporting clubs you know, because he's you know, got an executive portfolio where, you know, many places could command, you know, the same you know, chairman of the or you know, chairman of the board kind of responsibilities that uh, he didn't have with Chelsea. And you know, ultimately Jake's spoken, you know, Jake Cohen, one of our friends, has spoken very highly about, you know, the the input and what he's done for the club and the fact that, you know, we've now brought in a replacement who's a little bit more kind of digitally focused. You know, hopefully we'll, you know, pay some dividends when it comes to some of the you know, commercial focus we have on, on the online front, uh, I know that uh, the announced videos have been uh, a point of contention uh, as, as we've uh, looked to see some of the things that have gone well with the kit launch and some things that maybe were uh, a bit of an opportunity. <laughs> I love I love that a bit of an opportunity. <laughs> I mean, um, hey, look, I, I love gorillas. So, I mean, I, I thought it was really cool to see the gorillas and David Luis roll out, but it, it definitely was a little flat in how much they amped it up and got it excited because they could have done a whole lot more. I thought you were talking about the Rudiger one, which I thought was, (laughs) um, how do I put this in, in Dan's nice language? I think had room for improvement. (laughs) Um, uh, you know, the, the, the Rudiger video was, you know, we'll talk about him in in a few minutes here, but the, the announced video to get him there was, it just so cheesy. And like, if you're a parent, you know, I'm sure you loved it because, you know, it's kind of like take your kid to go get a kit and they're all excited and whatnot. But holy hell was that cheesy, man. (laughs) It was, uh, it was kind of the laughing stock of the football world for about 14 minutes. And then I think people forgot about it. Not, not the best work. I, I think that's safe to say. Uh, so, okay. Well, keep an eye out for us. Uh, we're actually going to be unposting an unboxing. Oh, wait. Never mind. That's a spoiler. Just forget what I said. Um, let's go ahead and take another quick break about the surprise. And we come back, guys. We're going through the completed transfers so far. Here we go. Hey Dan, uh, you know I, I hear through the grapevine that one of our uh, one of our strategic partners, uh, as I'm using Chelsea's kind of language, has uh, has possibly given us a you know a, a green light to do a kit giveaway. You know, after some you know complex negotiation, we've been able to complete you know one of our first transactions of the, the summer window in securing a Chelsea home kit seventeen eighteen Nike edition, uh, not some off branded uh, Adidas uh, kit that you might find on Alibaba. Uh, we got the official Nike one from World Soccer Shop, and we'd like to give it away through through Instagram. That's right. So uh, in the next day or so, uh, don't hold us to a strict deadline, but in the next day or so, we're going to post a photo, probably a Brandon looking like uh, Marcus Alonso and his kit. Uh, and 
uh, that will kind of give you the cue to follow the instructions uh, in the post. Uh, this kit is uh, available to be customized with the player of your choice, so that's pretty awesome. I uh, just want to say thanks to our friends at World Soccer Shop for doing that, and look for this in the in, you know the next day or so. We'll get this up, and then we want to give these bad boys away, so let's do it. All right, Chelsea fans, here we go. Part two completed transfers so far as of today, this summer. Uh, Let's kick it off with the outgoing transfers. Unfortunately, we'll probably have to spend more time here because there are more. So let me go ahead and just run through all of them real quick, and then I'll let you guys pick out the ones you want to talk about. So obviously, right away, John Terry signed on a free to Aston Villa. Juan Cuadrado was finally sold to Juventus. Asmir Begovic went to Bournemouth, as did Nathan Ake. Bertrand Traore, Team Traore, went to Lyon. Krishnatsu is at Newcastle now. And as of today, sad news, Nathaniel Shalaba to Watford. Obviously a longtime youth academy player. Won everything as a youth player under 23-21 England International. Our man, Nick, it's... It's hard, it's hard to hear that, you know, Chalaba is finally leaving Chelsea. Yeah, it is hard. Uh, you know, he's he's been a favorite of our show um, for a while. I think a guy that we really hoped would make it at Chelsea. Uh, and, you know, a character in the locker room, gritty on the field. You know, nobody will ever forget, you know, him stepping up when uh, – um, Sergio Aguero made that terrible tackle on David Luiz, you know, in in Manchester, stepping up, pushing him over, standing up for his teammate, being a leader. Um, you know, he he had very sparse opportunities at Chelsea, uh, but was never out of place. Uh, and I'm I'm extremely disappointed, Dan, that a, a you know a talent like him can leave uh, due to perceived lack of opportunity. You know, for such a low fee and no buyback clause. Yeah, the challenge of letting it get that far into the end of his deal. Yeah, I mean, he he, you know, had the opportunity to leave. It, it was you know his choice in that moment, and you know Chelsea you know didn't really have any additional recourse to ask for a higher fee or to you know sort of buyback clause because I mean he he had pretty much control of his fate in that moment and. You know, I think the struggle is people see a headline. Oh, you know, Nathan Ake offered you know massive contract to you know stay and offered you know minutes and and I think there's a couple things, right? You know, you have to have trust that you're going to play. And you know, you look at last season and even with you know the change to you know our midfield, which is you know not looking as as deep as you know the Olympic swimming pool. It's more like one of those inflatable kiddie pools you buy for five dollars and maybe pass out drunk in during a summer party. Who's to say, um, really, though? That story needs to remain confidential, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's, that's how deep it is. And, you know, I, I think then you look and see that, you know, instead of saying, hey, this is the guy that we're going to entrust, uh, you know, we, we go target a similar aged midfielder and we pay about 40 million pounds for him. Yeah, you know, because he's had more experience, and, and you know, and, and he's you know going to offer what the the club and the manager are looking for. And you know, if you can't trust that you're going to get that opportunity, you you want to go represent your country and and play and potentially the World Cup and, and get on a World Cup squad and get an opportunity to show that you're worth it. Um, teams are after him, and you know whether it was Swansea and, and eventually Watford confirming the deal. Yeah, you know, is hard hard intangibles to replace. I think you know people will look and say two things. One, they'll say, well, he you know clearly didn't have the, maybe the talent level at this point to be a starter or challenge for a starting spot, and and you know, that that could be you know a fair argument, and you know that this idea that you know because he's a youth player that he should get a shot and an opportunity well, the club is also going to say that you know they they want to win matches and they're going to do everything they can to to put the best 
players and player personnel on the field to allow the manager to select a lineup that will go out and do it. And, you know, youth opportunity and winning will always be at conflict with one another. And you can't enjoy Chelsea winning, but moan the fact that youth players don't get every single opportunity you want. And, and you hope one of them is going to make it through. And uh, it was, unfortunately, it was just not uh, not Mr. Trilobo, but we, we wish him well. And, uh, you know, I, I imagine like many former Chelsea players, he'll find a way to not uh, notch one goal behind us uh, this year. So uh, we're looking forward to a, a Tebow flop in that moment. Well, not to, uh, you know, anything against Nate Dog, but uh, he didn't look that thrilled to be holding up the jersey. Uh, I'm sure it was a tough decision for him. But Nick, let me go ahead and not choose your player for you. Who uh, who else do you miss the most or think that we kind of missed out on uh, for the players that have left already this summer? Yeah, I'm going to go with Nathan Ake here. Um, you know, again, this is kind of a similar story to, uh, to Nate Dogg. It's, you know, a young player, right attitude, great teammate, um, potential to be a leader, potential to be a great center back. Uh, all the physical tools and, you know, just saw opportunity elsewhere. You know, I mean, they're, they're both getting to the age where they have to be playing week in, week out. And, uh, you know, so he's back at Bournemouth. And I think Eddie Howe is, you know, just so grateful to have him because he, he was really great uh, for Bournemouth in the first half of last season. So, you know, again, it's it's a bummer. And then, you know, it, a lot of people are upset uh, because they, they perceive that Ake is a, you know, more valuable than, you know, maybe a signing that we've just made. So, uh, you know, it's it's sad to see him go. You know, I wish him the best. He's uh, he's fantastic. All right, Dan, without uh, telling you who you should choose, uh, who is your biggest uh, missed opportunity or sad to see go? Well, I think I'd be lying if, if you know, I mean, Chaloba definitely has a, a strong place in my heart, but Traore off to Leon is definitely uh, a sad moment. You know, you kind of wish he would have had an opportunity to, to try it again after what was a, a, a solid season at uh, Ajax. I wouldn't say it was necessarily the best season that he's ever had, but he definitely you know played very well for the uh, some of the Europa matches that they were involved in. Uh, low fee, um, you know, uh, uh, there's no such thing as a buyback clause. When you talk about, you know, the, the French and league one sides, maybe a backdoor gentleman's agreement, essentially the, you know, to let them know maybe a sell on don't know that either. You know, uh, but, uh, you know, no, no more Patrick Bamford, no more Bertrand Traore. And we're just going to find two more players for Nick and I to, you know, <laughs> Root four when it comes to Team Nick and Team Dan this season. Yeah, would, would you say that you'd be Lion Dan? <laughs> oh, oh, the zinger! Oh. Don't don't put uh, <laughs> born words in my mouth. <laughs> well, I can I can say thank you to both for not picking the obvious and John Terry, obviously, uh, you know, captain leader legend. That is a given. Um, and I think that if you guys take out Ake and Triore and we're not doing Terry, then I guess, you know, I'll just high five Begovic on his way out. But, you know, speaking, union. you know, absolutely. Uh, I thought Bego was a great deputy. Um, we do have a couple soon to leaves. I think these are safe to say. Maybe, you know what? I don't know if the second one is so safe to say. Everyone else seems to think it, but obviously Zuma looks like he will be headed to Stoke. Um, real quick, Dan, good move for Zuma, heading to an obviously defensive-minded team. Yeah, I think it's great. I think any opportunity for our players to go play on a Premier League side, potentially get minutes and be you know either a starter or be closer up on on the sub list, you know, because that. You know, defense is actually one of the areas where we're starting to look like there might be a little bit of a surplus and a lack of minutes to go around. So for Zuma, that is a total thumbs up. All right. And then the second one, Nick, which I'm not as sure about as some other people, are Diego Costa to Atletico Madrid slash whatever six-month concoction loan that they may pull off until they can actually sign him uh, in January? Yep. I'm pretty... Pretty damn sure that this is happening 100, 
110% sure it's done. <laughs> um, so I look Costa, you know, I, he, he's, he's temperamental and so is Antonio Conte. They clearly can't get along and Conte is the manager. Um, Costa doesn't have as much equity. Um, and basically sold himself and and will Chelsea will get a cut rate fee because you know the market knows that Costa wants to go and it's a huge bummer because you know you, you had visions in January of getting 80 million pounds for Diego Costa and you make it 40 now and that that is super disruptive when you're looking at striker options that are in the 70 to 80 million pound range um to replace him. So it's a bummer. Uh, obviously not the end of the story that we really had hoped for, um, you know, and, and best of luck to him. But, you know, he, he definitely made his bet on this one, Dan. Yeah. I got to think about the fact too, that if you were hoping to understand like, you know, where in the world is Diego Costa? I mean, you got to see the wonderful, uh, you know, ATV videos kind of going through <laughs> doing a little mudding as it were, and uh, the you know area of Brazil that he's in, uh, posted a little IG story earlier where he was getting his hair cut down in Brazil. Like, he is nowhere uh, in Europe at the moment. Like, he is still in Brazil. The entire squad has reported back for preseason training. Uh, you see more of Charlie Musanda in photos in uh, the past two days than you've seen of photos of him in relation to Chelsea stuff in the past, like, three years uh, that has er- that is everything you need to know about the fact that Diego Costa is essentially a persona non grata and Chelsea will try to find every way to maximize the value of him, whatever it is and however low it dwindles between now and the end of the transfer window. All right, let me paint a picture here. All right. Atletico <laughs> are asking for like 20 million. It's just not going to cut it. Even for like Chelsea standards who will sell you know, anything, literally. Uh, they'll sell rocks for like 10 million pounds. They'll, they'll find a bag and they'll say it's the best central defender that you can can get, and they'll find some squad to sell it to. That's my point, right? So even at 20 million, though, they're not going to sell it at Letty because it's a crap deal. Um, Atletico, maybe they come up with an agreement that he stays at Chelsea for the first six months. I just don't think they're going to sell him. So I think Acosta is going to have to come back knowing fully that Antonio Conte is in charge and runs the show. And he's going to have to sit there and be quiet and either say, look, either I fight for a place or I don't. And we'll have to see what happens. It it might be a U-turn, guys. I I know no one else believes it, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking that he might be there for at least six months. If you are right on this, and I don't think you are, but We're if recording. you're right, uh, yeah, I, I am, I would be, I'd be willing to say that's the greatest prediction we've ever had on the show. Uh, Because right now, I mean, instead of training with the boys and and taking care of business and, you know, sporting the new Nike kit to be, you know, hawked as merchandise, he's ATVing in mud. And, you know, doesn't really seem that concerned about where things are. And, you know, to me, if he had friends on the team, and, and, and really good friends on the team, they would have told him when he was talking to the press to shut the fuck up. Not not because he's wrong, not because he doesn't feel hurt or betrayed, but because it's just not a smart move for him as a business person. And he put himself in a no-win situation. Let's pretend that the infamous text conversation actually happened. Um, the, the last thing you want to do is show your cards to everybody. Like I'm, I'm so hurt. There's no way to resolve this. I'm out. You're out where you're under contract. And the thing is the the Chinese window, I believe is closed now or is, is close to being closed. It will be closed by the time most people listen to this podcast. Right. So your options were China last January or going back to your, you know, somewhat native home now in Atleti. Atleti doesn't have the funds to pay for him. And and they're not, you know, they, they think that they have the market cornered. It, it is a, a, just beyond me that Chelsea doesn't try hawking him to AC Milan or Inter Milan or another one of these new money clubs because 
I, I just I'm frustrated by the whole thing. I kind of want the either it's stay or go pick a lane. I don't care which one it is at this point, but just figure it out. It's too much. It, it's dare I say Trump esque in the way that it's always present around Chelsea Football Club. So um, Atletico have the like signing transfer ban, so they can't register anyone until January. So that's where it gets complicated. But my point is that I don't think Chelsea are going to get an acceptable offer because, as you said, Nick, everyone knows. Like, our pants are down. Everyone knows what's going on. All right, Costa wants to leave. Conte doesn't want him. No one's going to stump up enough money, and we're going to be sitting here going, "Look, we got this terrible offer." We're just going to keep him. And if he scores four goals for us in six months, we're good to go. Like, that's kind of my angle on it. And so I get it, though. I do also want it to be done. Uh, he is obviously nowhere close to Cobham right now, going through preseason training and fitness. So no matter where he ends up, he's going to be behind the pace. And we know that when he doesn't come into a season in shape, uh, he picks up a lot of hamstring injuries. So with that being said, we'll see what happens. But as most people assume, uh, soon to leave is Diego Costa. Moving on to incoming transfers. People who have already signed on the dotted line. My man, the deputy, Willie Caballero from Man City. And then uh, Antonio Rudiger from AS Roma. So, Dan, um, you know, so far it's quiet. We get it, right? A lot of, a lot of non-action. A lot of really not happy people on Twitter. Yeah, and look, I think when you see... You know what? I think the best example of someone in you know, our team that's killing the transfer windows, AC Milan. I think they are aggressive. They're going after a ton of talent. Uh, you know, um, would have been cool to have you know Andre Silva, you know, Ricardo Rodriguez. There's you know tons of of really cool players that they're they're signing and bringing to their team. Uh, potentially Benucci too. Like just really crazy stuff going on in Italy. But we also just won. The league this last season, we are the the champions of England, and as much as that's like a terrible, you know, feels like the worst thing to say to someone in a conversation about transfers is ultimately, you know what? Yeah, it does suck that the board takes a long time to negotiate these deals and sometimes misses out on players, uh, i.e., Taliso, that kind of look tailor-made to fix a problem either within depth or to challenge for starting positions, uh, i.e. an Alexandro over a Marcus Alonso, Brandon Busby look like. And ultimately you, you, you wish, you know, they were moving faster on some of these things because we are now in training and the team is going out for preseason matches next week. And that that's not good. You know, you, you want as much time to adapt to a new system, to engage in the appropriate fitness regimen. You know, Bakayoko looks super, super likely to happen. And probably by the time this is edited and posted, uh, it's already happened. So, uh, you know, welcome, Bakayoko. You've done a really nice job with that Instagram game and that Twitter game with Mishi heading up to your announcement. Don't but, ruin uh, part three, Dan, for for the love of God. <laughs> it's, it's it's transitioned from rumor into incoming. Like, there's no way that that hasn't, you know, it's not happening tomorrow. Unless he just bombs his medical when, uh, you know, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman comes out and declares that he's got, like, syphilis and, uh, you know, he's about to be amputated on. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, That's how about not this? the kind of rumor yeah. you want out there, Dan. <laughs> All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hone this back in. I apologize. Dan, do you feel like Willie Caballero is a good deputy for Courtois? Are we now covered in the goalkeeping department? Are you happy? Yeah, 100%. I think it's smart business, free transfer. Uh, Willie's a great little deputy to have. I mean, he started the second half of the season for City when they finally started winning games. So we all know he's a... For the most part, like a proven Premier League starter. Uh, really pumped about this. Uh, Nick, is Antonio Rudiger an upgrade at the center back position for Chelsea? And that's keeping in mind that he's coming in ahead of Zuma and now obviously Ake leaving because of it. Uh, I was unsure about this at first, um, you know, because I think I, I really had my heart set on Virgil van Dyke, and there was a, a small window of time where that looked like it could be a thing. Um, 
But I, I've really warmed to this, and I've watched his highlights, and I, I think he, he's going to be a character fit for the locker room, and I think he's an athletic specimen. Um, you know, came off of a knee injury the the year before, um, but I think is fully fit now. And, you know, look, you know, the scouting reports on him are, are more than positive. Uh, we got him for a you know a pretty good chunk of money, but not anything egregious. Uh, I think it's a really good signing, and and I think you know he has the pace and physicality to play in the Premier League. I'm sure that a lot of you saw the uh, the stats from Squawka saying that Rudiger uh, like had the most completed long ball passes of any center back in Serie A, or at least you know top couple. Uh, so I think that'll be great because now you can have David Luiz and Rudiger who can essentially jumpstart a counterattack. Uh, which, you know, the way Chelsea played last season could be super helpful. Obviously, the big question is going to be, does he push Dave to a right wing back spot or is he then going to be fighting directly with Dave for that right center back position? I think that that is uh, something that will be interesting. and I know important to a lot of fans is in some light rumors of Dave maybe going to Barca, but he's even shot those down. So for me, feeling pretty good about this. Uh, I think Rudiger is a... You know, German international. He's been playing for multiple years. He's only 23. Uh, very good signing, I think, for Chelsea, and is a, a significant improvement to their back line. Um, I'm I'm happy with this. You know, played in Champions League, um, played in you know top leagues around Europe. Uh, dude's ready to go. Yeah, I mean, what what more do you want? Uh, you know, I I know. Uh, you know, people have their hearts set on other center backs, you know, Benucci and Virgil van Dijk respectively here, but like, you know, this was the decision that was made. So I think, you know, let's just make, you know, let's make some positive vibes around Rudiger. I think he's, he's going to impress a lot of people. No, absolutely. Uh, next one, notable loans. So Ola Anna is off to Hull City. Ruben Loftus-Cheek to Crystal Palace and Tammy Abraham is headed to Swansea quite a while ago. Uh, two of these, Dan, are pretty cool. So Swansea obviously have um, Paul Clement, their manager, strong Chelsea ties, and Hull City have a new Russian owner who happens to be buds with one Roman Abramovich. So you would feel like those two at least, uh, we kind of have a leg up at them getting playing time. And then obviously just have Having Ruben at Crystal Palace in South London still kind of nearby. He doesn't have to uproot his family. I mean, these all seem to be pretty, you know, solid loans. They're all Premier League teams as well, you know, not Championship or even League One. Yeah, so if we want to, you know, look to, to the moments where people, you know, kind of give the, the Emanalo out, you know, diatribe that gets banded about, like this, you know, if you want to get upset about something, you know, you know, Player, player negotiation is not what you get upset about. Like you get upset with him about player development or things like targeting selections and getting players into these loans because that, that's part of his job responsibility at the club. And I would say, actually, I think all three of these are great loans. Uh, I am most excited probably, though, for uh, Tam Tam to start tapping in a bunch up at Swansea. Uh, I think that will maybe affect be affected a little bit. If Sigerson leaves, uh, that would probably be the biggest um, you know kind of concern I have at the moment because he is a uh, assist magician and definitely would uh, you know kind of neuter their attack a little bit. But uh, Ruben going to Crystal Palace too is I think those are awesome, really really awesome moves. I, I mean, who are you, who are you most excited about, Nick? Like these are some good ones. Uh, I am most excited about Ruben, and, and the reason I'm most excited about Ruben is apparently uh, Mr. DeBoer, uh, the new Palace manager, sees Ruben as a number eight, which is kind of where I think we've all hoped he would kind of blossom, uh, you know, and kind of that advanced midfield role. Um, and, you know, let's, let's hope, let's hope, hope, hope that he gets, you know, 20 or 30 Premier League games uh, at Palace that he really challenges or plays alongside the likes of uh, Kabai uh, and, and links up again with Wilfred Zaha and, you know, from their from their England days, and uh, you know, let's hope that he gets in and proves what he can do. Because, you know, again, I, I think we're all kind of stung right now with the Ake and the Shalba and and that kind of you know those those departures. And so we really hope all of these three get the business done um, and and come back to Chelsea stronger um, for it. And you know, kind of in the Christensen Victor Moses mold. 
So the disgusting mindset that I have about this is Premier League teams are now more open to Chelsea loans because it works out. They know they can just buy them. That's part of uh, part of the risk, though, and I think that you know, I read an article the other day that two year loans might be kind of the way to solve Chelsea's, um, you know, impending you know departure of youth, and I, I think that might be right because you know if you if you get someone for two years and you know that you have a chance to really help shape them and mold them and not you know have to depart you know for a year because they had a better loan offer from another team or you know the home club wants him back. I think, you know, a club like Mochen Gladbach really got the best out of Christensen because he knew he was going to be there. He knew he had stable place. I, I hope, Dan, that that is more of the the line of thinking with, with Chelsea than, you know, these one-year stints or, or six-month stints even. Yeah, I think... You know, there's there's a pro and a con, right? You know, I think the you know the the downside is you look at you know a year ago potentially being able to bring Christensen back and getting him integrated with the team and potentially solving at that point a deficiency of center backs would have been fantastic. You know, ultimately, you know, he's back now. He's going to challenge for you know starting position here, and uh, I think we're all really excited. I, I think there's the possibility it. it does make things a little bit more entangled. Uh, potentially, it causes a little bit more of a love relationship, you know, with the club that they're they're working at and fighting for and developing that that bond with. Especially if they've not grown up from the you know the under eights, the under tens um, that maybe they were kind of a, a signing around the you know eighteen, nineteen, twenty range. Um, yeah, I definitely think from a philosophy standpoint, it could work out really well, especially for some of the. Like, you know, you kind of wish Charlie Masanda had gotten like a legit two year loan somewhere really good before he kind of, you know, came back this season, though. He is looking fit. Um, he looks like a mini Pogba right now, just with his kind of like physique, which I was, was super impressed by. Well, I think as I just kind of look at these loans to wrap it up, Ola Ana, it's going to be tough for him because let's be honest, Hull are going to be in a relegation battle from day one. Uh, Ruben, he's going to have to break a midfield of Kabai, Punchin, and Mihalovic, but doesn't mean, you know, he's got the physicality to be able to step into a Premier League midfield. It's just a matter if he gets a chance. Uh, but if he does, it'll be great because Crystal Palace, you know, they're already an attacking team by nature. And having De Boer, who comes from total football in the Netherlands, it's going to stay the same. So I think that either way, if he's in that training atmosphere day and day out, that's going to be great for him. And then Tammy Abraham is going to be interesting to me just because he's a poacher, you know, not really just like a pure finisher. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, like chances are limited in the Premier League. Is he still going to be able to uh, find chances to score and get into good positions? But uh, again, overall, three Premier League loans for three promising youngsters. Uh, is a great situation to have. So let's take a real quick break. We've got an awesome shout out to you guys about a future trip to London in case you're interested. But again, I'm going to stop my spoilers there and let you hear about it. Here we go. Dan, we had, we had fun in London in May, right? Well, I mean, it was going to London to see Chelsea play, to see you know, one of John Terry's last matches as uh, you know, come, even coming on as a substitute and uh, being a, get awarded the captain's R band from a one Gary Cahill um, right before uh, they, they took a trip uh, up to West Brom and uh, won the Premier League last season so yeah I would say a pretty awesome time well we want to you know help out uh, in any way we can to get people uh, our friends, listeners of the show, over to London um, from wherever you live uh, and, and get people there to watch matches this season. So what we're going to do, uh, Dan is going to publish a survey that will link out. Uh, we'll put it on our social pages and on our website. But basically, it's help us gather some information to try and get some trips lined up through our, our partner in XL Tours. And, you know, we know that we have friends who... Uh, get tickets through other um, sources, such as being a True Blue member through Chelsea in America. That's great. We we love that uh, as a source too. This is just an additional way to kind of have a, a VIP experience when you're in London. We'll send out the details for the survey. If you could help fill it out, uh, we would appreciate it, and then we will uh, be in touch uh, with with some plans. Dan, how does that sound? 
Yeah, you know, I think we just want to, you know, we had a really great time uh, last year, or last season, rather, when we had a chance to go over with everyone, connect with people, listen to the show before, uh, Chelsea supporters from, you know, all over the world, to one guy, you know, who joined us from, from Australia, which was awesome. Yeah, amazing. Bill Tran, and, what's up? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so ultimately, uh, we just want to kind of find a way to you know keep those kind of experiences going and, and do that again. And you know, we love uh, the partnership we have with XL Tours. So uh, we'll tweet out, uh, Facebook it, put it on Instagram, uh, get a little survey out for you uh, this coming week, and uh, we'd love some feedback. All right. Well, even if you're a True Blue Chelsea American member, you know what we should do? is just all collaborate. Let's just all go over together. Same match. We can hang out outside of it it'll be great we hung out with a bunch of true blues and cia people in uh, london while we we're there didn't we nick yeah absolutely and and obviously you know quick plug for chelsea in america i know it's not um a promo break technically but uh you know we 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 love chelsea in america we're all members please go find your nearest chapter sign up to be a member it's it's pretty inexpensive to join i think it's what like 20 bucks a year something something silly um go to the pubs enjoy your your communities uh, and be a true blue member as well um you know in, in case you need another way to get tickets so uh you know just quick plug to those guys uh we love them and and hopefully you do too all right well, let's go ahead and uh, talk through a few rumors that still are floating around as uh, chelsea still have quite a bit of business to get done and i think that they will uh definitely no shortage of funds that have come in so far we still got that oscar money just burning a hole in our pocket dan i <laughs> you, gotta, you yeah, can't you, forget you, it. you would you would think so you would think so um well hey we, we, we did in the last section talk about bakayoko no, which is did. listed in the Not rumor we. section i yeah. did i did because because i'm gonna go in we use a google doc that we have open for the show i'm gonna do something these guys are about to see it bam i just deleted it out of the rumor section it's gone it's that that went back up to the top so we can go on to the next rumor well, this just so got we hijacked. Hear, we hear, yeah, we, we, we hear that Bakayoko is going to sign for roughly 40 million pounds. He's a midfielder. He may have a knee problem. We don't know. Uh, he may not gonna, play until September. Yeah, so really, that's all we know right now, but it's almost certain he's going to uh, be a Chelsea player. All right, well, let's get back to true, pure rumors. All right, Dan, so here's, again, the quick list, and uh, let's pull them out and talk about them. Alexandro, uh, Morata, Aubameyang, Balotti, obviously got to get a forward replacement. Uh, Danilo, right wing back, uh, Virgil van Dijk, center back, and a former name, probably familiar to quite a few of you who are around at the 2012 Champions League final, uh, Ryan Bertrand. And as uh, we are getting uh, a live edit to our script right now, Dan would like us to maybe mention Ross Barkley, which oh boy, I don't even want to talk about it. So uh, let's go ahead and start with wingbacks. Obviously, Alexandro Dan uh, on the left wingback and Bertrand and is also left wingback. Uh, and then Danilo on the right wingback. I mean, definitely points of areas that we knew we had to, uh, to strengthen. Yeah, you know, you look at uh, the fact that uh, Kyle Walker is going to go for 50 million pounds uh, from Spurs to City, and you know, that that kind of tells you all you need to know about the the market for uh, wing backs or you know right backs. Um, you know, D- Danilo would present a, a recovery operation, uh, much of the way that a reclamation project, in the, in the same way Victor Moses, you know, had a chance to work with you know Conte last year. Uh, this would be another one of those moments where we potentially could take someone, restore him to the way that he played at Porto, and, and that would actually look like a pretty, pretty smart solution, especially as a, a player who will want to find a way back into uh, potentially the uh, you know his national team. But uh, you know, Sandro, uh, hopefully, if we sign Danilo, uh, you know, we get another little friend connection there and can kind of continue working all the angles. But uh, Juventus is working on, I think, completing all their business first before they start selling talent. You know, they've they've got a lot of uh, you know kind of irons in the fire with uh, Bernardeschi with. Um, I, I just can't keep track. They're moving so many pieces around right now. They, they've already picked up Douglas Costa. Um, you know, like it, a crazy loan to buy situation. Yeah. Like they're 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 doing some witchcraft in the market right now. And I think that you know, the longer the deal 
goes on to stall. It becomes the Koulibaly incident from, from last year. And it's just, uh, you know, a bad, bad flashback moment. Uh, Nick, I mean, you've been probably the most excited uh, person of our trio talking about the forwards. So uh, obviously we've got Morata, Abamayang, and Bilotti are the most likely options. You know, the weird thing with Bilotti is he has an Italian transfer fee buyout clause, and then he has a foreign country buyout clause, which is a hundred million, unfortunately. So you obviously are a huge Obama Mayang fan, um, but Murata, even though he hasn't really been the guy for a season, I mean his numbers back him up on paper. Yeah, Murata's any any of these three, like I would be totally comfortable with. Um, you know, as we as we talk about replacements for Diego Costa. The thing is, if you compare any of them or all three of them to Costa, Bellotti's probably the closest in terms of playing style, but is the least seasoned. Uh, Morata has been at big clubs and scored big goals, but not uh, hasn't hasn't started consistently, which is a little bit of a worry. And then Obama Yang uh, is apparently a bit of a head case uh, from what I've read, and also his game is based on speed. And at 28, you know, you can see how that you know he, he would have to change his game. A bit, although, man, just thinking of counters with him leading uh, is just like unbelievable. So, any of these three will do. None will be a direct replacement for what Costa provided last year, which makes you wonder if the formation has to change to kind of accommodate the talents that they they possess. Um, I personally would like Abu Mayang. Um, I think that he's fantastic and and really developed into a complete forward at Borussia Dortmund. Um, but, you know, would be excited uh, for, for Dan's choice in Bellotti. And Brandon, I don't know where you stand. Yeah, I think a Morata for me is, is where I would be happiest. Uh, you know, still super young, uh, well-rounded. Uh, I think that it's important to have someone who can really link play, especially when you have Ed Hazard, Pedro, William, guys like that running off of you. Um, so for me, I think that that's important. But, I mean, if you had Aubameyang up there, uh, you know, like you said, that counterattack, that's just crazy. He also has the most experience playing in Europe, you know, so he's not going to get rattled. I know he's starting to get flashy and arrogant and say, hey, where's my $100 million deal? No one came to the door. So I think that's kind of pushed him back a little bit to say, okay, maybe I have to be a little bit more realistic. But yeah, I mean, the dude's a successful forward. He's going to be flashy. I think that that just comes with the territory. For me, I think it's a little bit of a concern that we're not really targeting any other midfielders. Uh, you know, Chalaba just Correct. left. Matic is apparently has one foot out the door again. And after that, you've got Conte uh, and Bakayoko. I mean, Sask, yeah, Lewis yeah. Baker. Those are your four right now. You know, and, and, and that's hoping Lewis Baker stays. So for me, I guess I'm a little concerned uh, about that because, you know, you're doing a ton of running in that position. And it's very critical if you play uh, a 3-5-2, which is definitely an option. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it still seems very thin. I know a lot of people said that. So I know that just because we don't know that Chelsea have targeted midfielders that doesn't mean that they don't i'm sure they're working on this but i guess it's just kind of a, a big hole uh in the squad that i'm surprised you know we aren't being linked with more players in hopes of hearing that like chelsea are gonna address this i feel like our back line is rock solid with adding christensen and adding um you know rudiger our forward line we know that something will happen, right? Like they can't go into the season with a disgruntled Costa and a Mishi. Like there's going to be additions. Uh, you can't bring Remy back. I mean, that's just not an option. Uh, but for me, just the midfield, uh, the central midfield is a huge um, kind of concern for me where I stand. Uh, any other concerns for you, Dan, as you kind of, you know, take in the whole picture? I mean, obviously I'm still will have faith in the club if things happen don't happen by September, then we'll have a different narrative. But as of right now, uh, where do you think? Uh, you know, I, I think it's tough, right? Like you're, you're trying to be optimistic. And if you want to stay optimistic, you probably shouldn't go online. Um, because that just is the uh, killer of all things good and pure in life. Uh, however, uh, it's also a little boring. Um, so yeah, you should go online. You should have fun with, with transfer season. And 
you know, as much as it's easy to read into the narratives and get super obsessed in it, uh, I'd be honest, like just set yourself a little timer. Like, hey, I'm going to spend 30 minutes a day doing it and have fun with that 30 minutes at the end of it. I'm going to pause and not worry because you know what? Uh, reading the 15th version of the same story about what is or isn't going to happen and what a player is or isn't going to do in like that, that's messed up and, and you're not going to have fun with it. You know, trust you know the valuable resources that the, the Chelsea community has and and, you know, Simon Johnson, uh, Nazar, uh, Liam, um, you know, Dan Levine, like, you know, we've got a lot of wonderful people that we, we've invited on the show before who are super knowledgeable. And, and, you know, to me, like, I don't read a ton of panic off them. And if I, I'm not reading a lot of panic off them, then, you know, stuff behind the scenes are happening. And you know what? It might be happening at a glacial pace. But again, you know, the season doesn't kick off you know, in all reality with actual matches, you know, for about another month now. Um, so, you know, that, that that's when I would be more worried. You'd, you'd like it to be done sooner. Uh, but you know what? These are multi-million dollar uh, business transactions and uh, it can't all be Byron. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, I, I would say, look, it, it has been frustrating. Uh, you know, I know we know people who think Chelsea's board are the best. We know people who think Chelsea's board are the worst. You know, we're we're holding a positive attitude as a show. I think positive and yet, you know, probably slightly concerned considering all the outs um, and and not as many ins. But, uh, you know, as far as positions go, I, I still think with Ed Nazard's injury really quick to get back to it, the, you know, those attacking midfield roles could be added to as well. You know, Pedro and William will have to deputize, uh, you know, maybe Charlie Musanda gets a, a few matches. But I mean, other than that, you know, we're not as deep there. Um, as I would, as I would have thought. So, uh, you know, just another thing to think about, uh, you know, from a, a player uh, perspective when you when you think about transfers. All right. Well, that is uh, very level-headed. I mean, again, we're not pressing the panic button, you know, but we can have realistic concerns and, and you know, be curious as to what the club is doing. It's hard because you don't know anything until it's done. Uh, but obviously that's because that's how negotiations and everything goes, like Dan said. So, uh, yeah, you can call us out for being naive Americans. They're just, you know, sitting here saying everything's all right while the house burns down around us. But, you know, trust me, like if uh, if we have another season like we did two, you know, summer like we did two years ago and we get off to a bad start and things don't go well, like we'll be the first ones to, you know, express our displeasure and our concern. So uh, but for us, again, it is just still too early. So with that being said, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this up again. This is our first summer update. Uh, we will have more for you. Uh, but with that being said, I want to go ahead and kick it over to Nick as we wrap up with our final thoughts. Thoughts. Uh, May seems like a long time ago. Um, good God, it's just been a, a slog of a summer. Chelsea start back up playing matches. Uh, you know they, they head to to Asia next Tuesday. Uh, that can't come soon enough. The Community Shield can't come soon enough, and then um, we will be watching the first match of the season against Burnley in Kansas city as a group doing another live show, doing a, a, a summer planning session uh, for the podcast. So a lot of exciting stuff uh, possibly to, uh, to come this year for the pod. Very excited about it. Um, but man, this, uh, this summer has been brutal as a Chelsea fan. <laughs> well, Dan, uh, I'm going to go ahead and see what you have to say for final thought. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, just, uh, you know, be, be positive, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's hard. Like I, I look at, you know, that there was one guy who, you know, when, when Bakayoko tweeted out a little, uh, joke, you know, just went off on like this, this racial tirade and like, I don't know, like, you know, we, we take our, our, our football pretty seriously and you know what, at the end of the day, it's a game and, you know, as, as much as, you know, kind of gets warped up and wrapped up and, and spun into this silly season, crazy transfer drama, uh, you know what? It's it's not as fun as when the matches kind of start. And, you know, it's only as fun as you want to make it. So, you know, make, make jokes about the transfer window. Have fun with it. Um, you know, it's a stupid amount of money being spent on 
ridiculously uh, overpaid individuals um, compared to the work that you know some of uh, the best people in our society do. And uh, you know what? Treat it like the game it is and have fun, but don't let it dictate uh, your happiness. Um, and you know, while you might derive some of your happiness from Chelsea, um, it shouldn't be all of it. All right. Well, my final thought is just, you know, again, quick shout out to everyone that we've been uh, chatting with this summer. Uh, We appreciate all the conversations we've been able to have and are continuing to have with you guys out there. So uh, continue to keep it coming. Um, You know, it's a crazy time of year, but, you know, it's a good crazy time of year. It's where a lot of positive things happen. So with that being said, Chelsea fans, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back sooner than later with another update because that means Chelsea signed more players. You see what I did there, Nick? Yep. I, I, I see what you did there, Brandon. Well, well done. All right. Forcing Chelsea into signatures so we can podcast. So, uh, But yeah, anyways, you know what to do, Chelsea fans. Until the next time, keep the blue flag flying high. Antonio Conte's magnificent Chelsea are the Premier League champions. seal their fifth Premier League title, their sixth Championship of England with two games to spare.